Welcome back to another episode of The Rest, a podcast where you get to hear the rest of the story and where we continue the conversation that Sunday started. I'm your host, Jared Jacobus, and I'm here with Brother Joel. Brother Joel. Jared. I like, I like that it, it fits you. It does. Yeah. Uh, you want to know something funny? Whenever Always. I'm talking to someone now about what I'm doing, I tell them I'm a man of the cloth. <laughs> <laughs> That's like your uh, your first remark. Yeah. That's like, they're like, so what do you do now? You're like, yeah, oh, I'm, I'm a man, man of, of the cloth. cloth. Yeah. I, I don't really know what it means, <laughs> but it, I think it sounds like, you know, something to do with the church. Yeah. So that's my, that's my I think intro. for some it means that. And then some people probably are like, what are you talking about? You sell clothes or are you seamstress? Uh, sometimes people just walk away. Yeah. So Is that your goal? Half the time. So it works. Working. 60% of the time it works. 100% of the time. Did you do anything fun over the weekend? Yeah. Uh, what do we got? Well, so... I have started to play a little bit of pickleball. Oh, you're picking up the pickleball. I'm picking it up. It's fun. Yeah. I have a funny take on pickleball. Is it athletic? Uh, Well, I mean, you don't have to be very athletic to play it, which is kind of the funny part about it. Yeah. Because like people who like have been playing it for a long time have this little bit of like, I'm so good. And like, like I met a guy, played against a guy who was in a tournament this weekend. He was just practicing. He came from Chicago. Yeah. Over at the new courts in New Albany. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, he was whatever a 3.5 is. Or no, he was playing in a 3.5 range, which I, I don't is, know. People that are pickled, that they know what it means. There's a rating and there's a couple different ratings. And I guess if you're a five zero, you're like that means you're the best. I I don't know how. I met a guy that said he was a five zero, but that basically it doesn't mean anything because <laughs> the, there's no actual system for measuring it. I don't know if that's All true subjective. or not. I'm sure there are. You just call out. I'm a sure number. there's a very serious system, yeah. but uh, it's a fun. It's it's really the thing about the game is it's it's easy and you can learn it and anyone can play it. Yeah, and so. My, I, it's, it's, you pick it up fast. And so I started playing it a little bit as fun and I got my kids involved. And, and so all five of us, my wife and I, and the three kids, That's I got awesome. them to go to the court and, and I kind of incentivized the boys. Like if they beat me, then, then I'll, I'll give them a payout. Do you actually take them to school on it? They're just not good enough. Like to, they don't understand basic, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, um, I don't know why I can't think of the word. Not engineering, basic physics, like where the ball is going to go if you're if it's pointed up in the air, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So they're they just have they have no background in that. So it's easy to beat them, and I want them to play and get better. And so I, I also Redding is really into it. Our daughter, oh, that's really cool, and she wants me to take her over there every night and practice. That's sweet. So we've done that a little bit. And the thing that, the, actually the thing I like the most about it is, and my, my wife is actually way better than I thought. Oh, I was really? like shocked. She seems like she'd be athletic. She is like, she was a dancer, so she can move around well. But like, she like really has like a nice solid return and like she was scoring points. So, so if she plays with me, because there's me and Redding versus yeah. the boys and they're trying to beat me. And if, if Katie plays with me, 
then we're like, there's no chance. There's no chance. And I mean, the boys just aren't there yet, but I really want them to learn it because it's fun to think everyone can play. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a good pastime. Are you the kind of dad that when you do an activity with your kids, you just go full force, you know, you don't take it easy on them at all? No, I don't. I, I, I mean, I, I take it easy. Yeah. I don't like, no. Like my son, our oldest, Kellen, he's big for his age. Um, he's a big kid. He's 13. He already wears a size 11 and a half shoe. Jeez. This is crazy. He, um, two years ago, in January, so it must have been like 2021, he wore a size six and a half shoe. And by July, he wore 11 and a half. Holy cow. Yeah. So he had that type of, and so he's like 135 pounds and he's just big. And he's played a lot of basketball and he can shoot the ball. Like he can shoot it. He's a shooter. He's a shooter. And he's really good, quick dribbler. And he's, he's I mean... The amount of time and money we've spent on him playing basketball, he's, he, he better, better be he, good. Yeah, better be so he's a good little shooter. So like when I play him in basketball, I have to try like 50%. I have, there's times where I like, but if like I wanted to, if it was like for money, I he couldn't beat me. Yeah. But like, I have to like, you if actually I, have to yeah, do if I don't work. like guard him, he's going to shoot it and he's going to just make twos or threes or whatever it is. And I'm going to, I'm, I'm not going to shoot twos and threes. Yeah. I'm just going to back him down and lay it up and dad bottom, <laughs> whatever that means. Uh, this weekend, we the, took the family to Kelly's Island. Oh, yeah. Had a little getaway. It was fun. Where's that? Uh, it's near Putin Bay. So okay. It's just yeah. Putin Bay. Yeah, we take the boat up. We get a little Airbnb house, has a pool. Kids love it. Yeah, yeah. How was that? Really good weather. We got out in tubes. Went over to Putin Bay for the day. And Do you like rent a boat? We have a boat. Oh, take so you took up. one up there. Yeah. That's yeah. fun. Take it up and just have like a relaxing week. That will be so much more fun when your kids are older. Oh, I know. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> we did it last year too, and um, our youngest was. Not even one at the time, and it it's just difficult having a little baby trying to do anything. Yeah, anything. Live, go to sleep, but it's eat. it's getting better. Yeah. So we have to take a quick break for our sponsor of this episode. Today's sponsor is Story Symbol Spirit. Oh, have you heard of it? I have. If you guys don't know what Story Symbol Spirit is, it's a podcast on making sense of scripture. It's easily the second best podcast that we put out. Out of the two. Yeah, out of the two. <laughs> they're, they're trying though. They reached out uh, because they saw the numbers of listeners we were getting and they, you know, they're a little jealous. We, we get 10. So yeah, I told, them, I told them we would give them a free plug. Give them a shout out. So Story Symbol Spirit, check it out. Uh, this week, we're talking about week four of Who Are You Wearing? Uh, I had this thought that I think would be important to talk about. We were, um, you were talking about deciding who you're going to wear or the world will kind of influence you into wearing something unknowingly. Uh, so remember when David was going into battle against Goliath and the army personnel were trying to equip David with armor <clears throat> according to how they uh, fought mm -hmm. and it wasn't exactly what David needed to wear at the time. Mm -hmm. 
So it's a good, it's good um, analogy. Um, I have this thought that you know, like, what is some advice on how we can make sure that what we are putting on is exactly in line with the person that God has designed us to be? Mm-hmm. I love the analogy of David and Goliath, and I think they put on, he put on Saul's armor. Yeah, and it was you know it was too big. It, it hindered his ability to do what he was purposed to do and what he had practiced to do. So, you know, I mean, if you want to take that analogy, you know, preachers have all kinds of like uh, tricks, right? We just, we just make analogies of everything, but it, and and the story isn't necessarily analogous to that. It's not necessarily a, a, um, an allegory, you know, about the spiritual life necessarily, but the implications are there, right? Like it's more practical, you know, David had spent years with his slingshot. He had spent years perfecting it. Um, He had spent years using it to defend sheep. He was able to, you know, kill a bear, a lion, whatever it says. And that's a very, that I don't know anything about, you know, I'm not a hunter or anything like that, but I could imagine, you know, if you are a bow hunter, and then there, and then it's like you have your biggest test, and you've spent your whole life with your bow, and you're gonna go do this thing. And they're like, "No, you got to use this twelve gauge," and you've only ever used it once, or even just someone else's bow. But say like a twelve gauge to hunt or something like that, it would be hard. You'd yeah, be like, "What?" You'd be like, "Man, different. I'm like good, but I don't have my gear." So, I think that when, you know. There's again, we we talked a lot about being intentional. You know, so much of the Christian life is about practice. What are you practicing? Yeah. So David practiced something. So it's very obvious when the thing that he was used to doing was removed and some other apparatus, some other idea was placed upon him and he felt it so immediately. And so you know, I mean, was David practicing to fight Goliath? No. But when you're as serious as following Christ, you're practicing kindness, right? So you practice kindness every day. It's like that's what it means to be a follower of Christ, is you're gonna wake up and you're gonna you're gonna choose to be kind. So you sharpen that, right? Yeah. You hone kindness. And then when you have a bad day, when you have like a new friend who wants to not be kind, when, you know, someone's not kind to you, uh, when you get into an environment that doesn't practice kindness and tries to get you to, to do what it wants, whatever that is, you notice it because it's not what you're used to. And you're like, that's not me. That's not what I do. I, I do not act that way. That's not my armor. That is not my thing. I'm like, this is what I do. And if you want me to be successful, and ironically, we've been talking about how sin means to to miss the mark. Yeah. So think about that analogy, right? Like, so when he was doing what he had practiced, he could hit the mark. He could hit Goliath. Oh, yeah, that's really right. Good. So, but when he gets hindered, with some other type of clothes, something that he hasn't practiced with, he can't hit the mark. He knows he can't. So you you know how to hit the mark. So part of, of wearing Christ is 
don't let being a follower of Jesus just be read your Bible every day, go to church, say a prayer before you go to bed. Like look at the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter four. Look at all of the specific virtues that come with walking in the manner with which you've been called to walk. That's what Paul says. Therefore, now, knowing what we know, let us walk in a manner worthy with which we've been called. So be completely humble. And then he just starts to go through all of these, their virtues. And so one of the things that I've talked about before, and, and it's worth saying again, is the Holy Spirit is there to help you do what you're supposed to do. Right. You already know what it is. It's there to help you do it. Yeah. So we should be practicing loving other people to the point where when, when we're not, we feel it and it's like a, an armor that's not the one we're used to practicing with. I don't know if that answers the question. That was really good. Yeah. Um, I don't mean, yeah, that was really good. I mean, okay. <laughs> sure, uh, and the little tangent on that is that David was practicing with the sling um, as a defender of his flock. Yep. Didn't know that he was going to be using it for right. such a pivotal time. Right. And that can be the same for when we work on the fruits of the Spirit, who we're supposed to become. You know, we're honing these skills. Yes. That at the time, you know, like kindness can seem mundane, but there can be a moment or a set of moments where that is pivotal to your interaction with someone, your influence over someone, connecting someone else with what your faith means. Absolutely. You know, being able to uh, sp spread the word of God into someone else's life, like that can be a tool that God uses. Live the life of God in front of other people. A another example to what you're talking about and this is, this is, I think this is an important reality. So Christopher Hitchens, he's an atheist and kind of antagonist for the Christian faith. He was in a, in a, you know, a debate with somebody about Christianity. And one of the things that he said that he was kind of giving Christianity points, he was like, well, it's not completely bogus. It it does it has a couple aspects of it that are kind of unique to any other philosophical worldview or whatever you you might be talking about atheism or different religions. He said one of the things that Christianity does in people and through people, which nothing else can do, is it can actually change someone's heart to to actually be someone who finds it within their being to be able to forgive somebody. So now back out of that for a second. Say that we're wearing Christ. So one of the attributes of emulating Christ would be forgiveness, right? I mean, there's yeah. lots of conversations. Paul says in Ephesians chapter four, therefore forgive one another. He's talking Christians to one another, right? So you need to forgive one another. That's what it means to look like Jesus. Well, Jesus is asked, right, how many times should we forgive? Basically, all these amounts of times, 70 times 7, which is this 
picture of this Genesis narrative and, and, and all this evil that took place and this person that was evil, kind of like, I think an offspring of Cain and, and he did like 70 times seven murders. And Jesus is using that number to say like as many times as evil is done, that's how many times we should be forgiving of evil, just, just like powerful. If you know that if you if you're like from that culture, it's just basically like as evil as it can be is how much you ought to forgive. Wow, which is just rich. Well, so where I'm where I'm going with this is okay. So when you have a little kid and you teach them to forgive, okay, they might learn it a little bit. We talked about that in one of the podcasts. You dress them up, and then eventually they dress themselves or kids. Well, let's say you're starting to forgive. Well, let's say you don't practice forgiving. Let's say you don't make actually acting like Jesus in the world a priority and you're not honing that skill like with, like the sling. So you're not working on forgiveness. Well, then you're like, let's say you're like wildly offended or you're hurt really bad and you go from no practice to now I have to forgive Right. It's like, how, how do you get there? So one of the things about, about wearing Christ is like what you're saying, it's like, you need to practice in all the little ways because eventually Goliath is coming. There's going to be the big thing where if you think that you're just going to like manifest like Christ, but you've never actually like learned what it means to forgive somebody and you haven't like been intentional and been like, okay, that's an offense, but let's see how, how did Jesus act when he was offended and how did, and you forgive and you, you reconcile and you start to actually wear Christ. It's like, that's how I'm living my life. I'm a forgiver. You do that with your wife, right? You forgive little by little you're training. Yeah. And then eventually you're going to have a Goliath and it's like, well, I'm glad I was, I'm glad I was, um, training for this so that I could survive because if you, if you don't, work on forgiveness and then you show up to the hurt, the grief, whatever that thing is, a family member hurts you. you I mean, it is just going to be too, it's going to be overwhelming. And so it's just like a lot of times we give, you know, you might give even someone that calls himself a Christian, you know, you got to forgive, you got to forgive, you need to come on. And it's like more of, it's like, have you, have you started forgiving? Like, have you, do you work on that? Like, you know, are you capable of that. Now, of course, the spirit is in you to help you craft the virtue and the reality of forgiveness. So he's not going to like just suddenly make you that way. He's there to help you become that. So you got a, you got a lot of work to do. Um, yeah. So you're right. Yeah. You, you don't know what you're training for, but you're going to want to have that attribute sharp. Yeah. When the big challenge comes. And similar to, uh, you could, spend hours and hours reading about how to snowboard. Right. You you can't do it mm-hmm. unless you get out there right. and actually just start doing it yep. and chip away at it a little at a time. A- anything. Yeah, anything. Anything else like that. When you uh, were talking about the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us and if we can actually really believe that, mm-hmm. that, that really hit deep. Like mm-hmm. the idea we have, the Holy Spirit inside of us is so hard for me, and I'm I'm sure a lot of other people to truly believe. Right? Uh, why is that? And it's something that it's so important, and it's such an incredible gift. 
but it's so hard for us to not only believe, but to go to for wisdom and peace and connection to God. Like, Mm -hmm. why is that so challenging for us? I don't know. I don't know why it's so challenging. I think a part of it is just when the Holy Spirit shows up in, you know, like when Jesus is baptized, a dove, yeah. you know, there's a loud voice. That That's like a moment when, when Jesus breathes on the disciples after the resurrection when they're in that room and they receive the Spirit and then he sends them. And then Pentecost, you know, it's it's a fire. They start, you know, it's this miraculous moment where they receive the Holy Spirit. Everybody in Jerusalem is now understanding the gospel message, even though they're from all these different tongues and they're all speaking these different languages, which is a really cool picture of God's ultimate plan for humanity. Because, you know, the Tower of Babel, yeah. he confuses because he doesn't want these evil creatures to be able to unify and work together in order to build a kingdom of their own. Yeah, to serve themselves. Yeah, but then when when he sends the Spirit, he gives us one unified Spirit that helps us all communicate one language. It's just like, wow. You know, like he's moving us back in that new creation reality. And, And so I think... I have a lot of thoughts on on like the manifestation of the spirit and then how sometimes that manifests now in speaking in tongues and people will have those experiences and maybe even praying in tongues. And um, I, that's, I, I don't believe that that's for everybody though. Even Paul talks about that. He talks about different gifts given to different people. But then as the beginning of the church starts, it's almost like God did this kind of exclamation point to make sure that one of the one of the things Paul talks about is a Jews seek a sign. You know, they've always had a sign. They're looking for a sign. Yeah. You know, Jesus is like, I'm gonna give you a sign, sign of Jonah, and then he gives them the sign of the the the, the Pentecost and and the fire, which is fire for Jews is just like that's the presence of God all throughout the, you know, you know, on the mountain and the burning bush and the in the temple, all that stuff. There's all this fire, the smoke, the pillar. And so it's like, there it is. And it's this miraculous event. And so it's kind of hard not to, it it would be hard to miss the reality of the presence of the spirit in your life if you had that. Yeah, for sure. And then I just think 2000 years later, confession, taking Christ on and, and, and becoming a follower of him, it does not always manifest with that type of emotional or dramatic experience. And so we just don't, we don't, uh, we don't experience it at the beginning the way that that a lot of people did, but the spirit is there, and you know it's almost like I think it might be hard because again, if people if people think that the presence of the spirit is just like God giving us some someone that makes us feel good or that is like just a down payment and then heaven, all of heaven will come later and it's all about later. 
then it's almost like, what's the point? But like when you listen to Jesus talk about the spirit and how he's going to teach you and how he's going to be with you and how he's going to remind you of things and all of that. And then if you were to start to engage in the spirit with the conversations and asking for the help and looking for the power, then you might kind of take this dormant thing and, and start to experience him. If you believe that he's, he's there by faith, by your belief that God gives him to you. And so I think, I think it's a, it's, it's a lack of acknowledgement and it's a lack of interaction. You know, it's like you have the roommate, but you never talk, you never see each other. You, you know, college, you've ever had that where it's like roommates and you, I I never had a roommate. Yeah. I had roommates in college and there was like, like weeks where you wouldn't see them, but like you live in the same house. Like you get up in the morning and like, they're still asleep and then you go and then like you come home and there's stuff that's happened and you're like, wonder why they did that or whatever. But like, so you can see a little, you can see something, but but you're like, I never talked to them, but like, just imagine if you just like share space, but you never engage with that. I think that a lot of people, they they're leaving a lot on the table. Yeah. You know? Um, Well, back to the, you know, when we read about it in the Bible, it's all these miraculous moments. Yeah. And then for us, mm-hmm. you know, we confess, get baptized, mm-hmm. and then we have the Spirit mm-hmm. dwelling inside mm-hmm. of us. You know, we it's just, it's a really hard thing to it's hard. grasp. And I think that, you know, like Paul tells Timothy, stir up the gift. So I think that it's important to pray and gather and be reminded and, and, uh, listen to the spirit and be guided and just be in touch, walk with the spirit. So I I think, I think a lot of it is just like the message that I did this weekend. It was like, really, I don't think we get this. Yeah. But I, I mean, that's a message for me. You know, I, I forget all, I mean, it's so easy. I I would probably be a totally different person if I believed that every day. Right. Think about that. Yeah. If we knew, I mean, it's just like anything else, right? If, you know, the classic, if the president was here, how yeah. different would you act or whatever? Just someone you really admire. You ever had, um, you ever been starstruck? Uh, I've been, uh, it was... And a B-rated actor, Starstruck. Who? I don't even remember his name. He was on Sons of Anarchy. Oh, oh okay. So the, okay. we were in Chicago, and I knew that he was famous, and I saw him somewhere. I just didn't know his name. So I went up and talked to him. And I was like, hey, you're on a TV show, right? And his friend was like, yeah, but what show? I was like, you're that that food guy that travels all around the world. Like the drive-ins, diners, and dive, well, that guy? the Anthony Bourdain. Oh, the, oh, that guy, yeah. And he's like, no, no, no. His, his friend was dying laughing. It was, it was a crazy, yeah, it, funny moment. I, I had a recent, uh, we did a leadership conference, Roy Hall Jr. Leadership Conference, yeah. and he had Urban Meyer speaking here, and uh, Jim Tressel came. So two of the greats, two of the, like, I mean, (laughs) dude, I walk around the corner and like sitting at our lunch table where we have lunch every day, Urban Meyer and Jim Tressel are just sitting there talking. And I'm like, I'm supposed to walk around the corner and and act like 
Hey guys, what's up? I mean, like I totally had to control myself. Yeah. It was hard. It was hard sure. to be normal and not be like, and you just feel so stupid. I'm, I felt so like, I just wanted to be like, I know these tears all the time, but like, I just love oh, you know, God. like I'm such a yeah. fan. That moment in 2002, like you changed my life forever, you know, but anyway, I think, yeah, the recognition of it. So you got a little emotional at the end of your message. Um, I like when I see that from you because you're okay. usually such like a strong okay. personality. And to see that you actually get vulnerable, is, yeah. um, it's really touching. Do you remember what came over you? Um, you know, what hit me towards the end of the service was just the reality of God living inside of me and knowing that he really is always there with that song that we sang, um, hallelujah, you're not, we are not alone. And I've been alone, yeah. but, but to, to realize that you weren't actually, and then to look back and, and think about, I, I talked about after the song, I talked about grieving the spirit. And so it's not just that you feel alone, but sometimes you do stuff that you shouldn't do and you look back and you're like, wow. And he was right there. Yeah. So that was emotional for me to kind of have a realization that he was he's always there no matter what I do and that that grieves him when I do the wrong things, but that he doesn't leave me. I, find, I found that to be very, I know this is going to sound so obvious, but it felt very Christ-like. It was like, you know, friend of sinners. You know, yeah. something about that just struck me. And I think if you, like you're talking about, if you go through your life and start to think about all the, what it means if Christ, if the Spirit, Holy Spirit of God is living in you all the time, everywhere you go, it's pretty wild. Yeah, I I think that we would live in a lot more peace. Yeah. And probably a lot more happiness mm -hmm. and contentment. Mm -hmm. We and we would we would live different. We would act different. Yeah. And I it's been helpful for me. Yeah, it's a good reminder. It's uh, another thing that I need to put into practice more often. I I've you know, I wake up in the morning and Acknowledge the presence of God immediately. You're here. You've been here. But where do you want to go today? What are we going to do? Yeah, and it's a true father figure. Mm -hmm. Like you would do anything for your kids. Right. You know, there's nothing your kids will do that right. would make you right. reject them. Totally. All right. That's all the time we have for this that's week. That's it. Yep. That was 30 it. minutes already. 32. Wow. Time flies the rest thanks for hanging out with us today if you're liking this new format let us know you can uh, leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on or you can just come up to us at church say hey we'll be here next week to cover part five of who are you wearing on the rest <laughs>